Hello and welcome to this month's Farport story. This one's going to be a little bit different than the last one because I have our good pal, Fox Smolder here. Hey, everybody. Down a long, dimly lit hallway. The overbearing concrete walls remind you of a confinement. Doors evenly spaced on either side of you, and a cacophony of noise fills the air. Cries of pain and bouts of laughter emanate indiscriminately from under the doorways. Curiously, the sound seems to produce a red haze. The doors immediately to your right and left begin to shake violently. And it seems as though any sound is also visual to you at this moment. Oh, wow. So it's like, uh, like, what is it? Kinesthesia? Synesthesia, but yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I'm, as I'm walking through the hall, uh, I, I kind of reach out my my hand to, to touch the wall and kind of drag it along as I'm walking to 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 feel the kind of bricks and um I I guess I I go up to one of the doors and and um first I reach out and touch it and um and then I guess I reach for the doorknob um when you touch the door it stops shaking for a second and you you feel a strange bit of comfort. <sighs> you touch the doorknob and you open the door and feelings of safety begin to wash over you. You're on a lawn, but even though it's raining and nighttime, you can tell you're on your own lawn. Captain Garan, but a much younger, clean-shaven version, is knelt on the ground next to you, and you suddenly find yourself peering into his blue eyes. His face seems naked without his mustache that would come to be his trademark. His dark black hair matted to his face as the rain washed out the pomade. I know it seems bleak, Falk, but we're gonna get you through this. I'm, I'm gonna figure out who took her, I promise. Um, after he says this, I, I kind of look down and, and look at my hands. They seem much smaller, and it's then that you notice that your point of view is much lower than it normally would be. Um, uh, yeah. You're wearing overalls right now. All right, um, I, I, I turn to him and I'm like, I, 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 I don't know where she is, but I, I know what, what took her. I, I, I told you earlier, I don't think, I don't think any of these guys are believing me. Like, but I, I swear it was a dragon. I, I, like, I didn't see it, but uh, I mean, the way everything happened it, it had to be like the the windows all flew open the door flew open and like the, there were these 
these winds that were coming at me like really strong and, and like this it was hot like fire too and, and just like every couple of seconds another burst of wind and, and like it would get bright out there and, and it's, she didn't even look back listen Falk listen I believe you okay I know that sometimes it may not seem like I do just based off of the way that I'm gonna talk to everybody else but I believe you and we're gonna get to the bottom of this. You will? I promise. And he uh, reaches into his uh, breast pocket, kind of pushing aside his uh, suit jacket, and uh, the inside breast pocket, and he pulls out a an off-white card that has Junior Agent Duran on it, and an address and a phone number, and he hands it to you, and he says, I know things ain't gonna be easy for you, Falk. But if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to ask. I take the card and I stare at it for a second. And then I just look up at him and then I put the card in my pocket. And he pats you on the head and you find yourself back in the hallway. Whoa. Um, I, I look again like both ways down the hallway um, to kind of see if anything's different. No, as far as you can, as far as your eyes can see, this hallway extends either direction. There are no longer any shaking walls, but the noise is still filling your ears and that red mist is still making everything in this hallway hazy. It's hard for you to grasp how you can see so far down this hallway, given how much of an impediment this uh, synesthesia should bring, but it's, it's as though it's as though you're aware of everything in this hallway all at once. I uh, reach up my hands to like my temples and start rubbing them as I'm like sort of squinting my eyes. It, it kind of is um, unpleasant to have this feeling. And uh, I guess I, I walk a little bit further down the hall after I uh, open my eyes. You, um, you continue down the hallway for a few more doors and one of them on your left begins to shake violently again. Just billows of red mist uh, coming off of, coming out from every single, uh, every crack around the door frame and any area where, where any sort of mist would be able to pass through. It's just billowing out of this, uh, out of this door. I, uh, I reach for the knob. This one doesn't feel as welcoming as the last one, but you're not afraid of it either. I open it. The room is nearly black, save for a single candle that burns atop a desk. A human face with short, neatly cropped and parted brown hair stares hard behind circular framed glasses, his thin, angular features causing his gaunt face to stretch his skin like a mask. The face of the director is attached to a long serpentine body that disappears into the darkness. A forked tongue flicks out to taste the air. Agent Smolders, you are the vanguard, the levy protecting the towns from the rain. Though you were not born duty-bound, you have grasped the reins. 
Uh, it's me? The Vanguard? And why, why are you? What, what are you? Are you a dragon? Faith and strength are necessary for conviction, Agent Smolders. Faith and strength, uh, I don't know how well you know me. I, I don't really have either of those. You have more than you would care to admit, Agent Smolders. You will go to the edge of madness and stare at the ancients. Who, who are the ancients? Know your faith must also lie in your companions, Agent Smolders. Uh, are, are you coming to them too? Or, like, what should I tell them? That is up to you, Agent Smolders. They will probably not believe you anyway. What, uh, do you know what happened to my sister? Agent Smolders, I am nothing more than a projection of your own mind. I know as much as you know. These truths are blurry. Reality is blurry. Do not ask questions to which you know the answer, Agent Smolders, but instead pursue that which is a mystery. Oh, well, that certainly cleared it up. Um, thank you, Director. Hold on to the reins, Agent Smolders. If the madness bucks you, you and your friends will die. I just sort of stare at him and then look over my shoulder back to where the door was. As soon as you turn around from the director's weird creature-like form, you turn back and you're back in that hallway. Red mist billowing around you, either end of the hallway extending into oblivion as far as you can tell. I reach up and, and start rubbing my temples again. My head hurts even more now. I'm really sort of confused and disoriented at this point. Um, after about a minute though, I, I begin to sort of start walking again in either direction. It doesn't really matter. Nope. Definitely doesn't. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, do you just want to start opening a door? It doesn't seem like anything is really uh, shaking at you. It seems as though, as though maybe whatever's going on knows you know the drill at this point. So, um, the next time I walk up to a door, I kind of just single one out and walk up to it, and um, I knock on it first. There is no reply. But when you knock, the noise that you make, it creates a much thicker uh, red fog than, than any of the other noises had been. I reach for the knob and, and open it up and walk in. You enter into a room that has concrete walls, no windows, no furniture, and it plays what sounds to be a recording for you. A galaxy shroud of turmoil lies in deception. 
a medieval world on the brink of ruin and forgotten by the gods. Unlikely adventurers must stand up and fight for their beliefs, justice, and pride. But will those that lie in the shadows preparing to watch everything burn be stopped in time? Will they be thwarted by these ragtag group of explorers? Find out with Higgs Gritty. Well, that was uh, that was interesting. Um, at least not as dire as the last couple of rooms. <laughs> sure would be nice to just play amongst the stars, huh? Uh, well, uh, is there anything else in this room? Um, if if you're finished, you uh, are you finished? Yeah, I'm finished. Yeah. Then uh, all right. So you appear back in the hallway either end of it extending into oblivion and it still has this red mist hanging about. I I reach my hand out and I try to run my fingers through the mist to see if it reacts to like me trying to touch it or anything. You can, you can move it to the side. So like if you move your hand rather quickly, it sort of, it sort of causes it to, to coalesce like, uh, like fog would. But it quickly it quickly refills the the void that you create in the mist. It it acts very similar to to any fog or smoke that uh, that you might find in a building. When I do this, does it like change the way the sound sounds? It does. Everything starts to uh, warp a little bit. The laughter will either get higher pitched or lower pitched depending upon if it stretches out or um, or compresses depending upon how you're moving your hands. I kind of play with that for a minute but then um... <laughs> and then like um, then get bored with it and start trying other doors. You can literally open up any door and they're all unlocked and so are you do you want to like open one up without going in is that what you're saying yeah I'll, I'll open one up and then just sort of stand there and look inside but without walking in so you you open up the door and you're staring in there and it's one of those empty concrete rooms with no uh windows no furniture or anything to speak of in it but it doesn't play any sort of recording it just is a room i put a toe in but i don't actually cross the threshold with the rest of my body Nothing happens. All right, I, I, I toe in a hand. Still nothing. I stand my body outside of the door, but I stick my head in. A recording immediately starts to play. <laughs> Greetings, listeners. Are you looking to add more D&D fun to your lineup? Then be sure to check out Party Advantage, a D&D 5th edition play podcast featuring two campaigns alternating each week. In the Arius adventures, you'll set off into the land of Arius, from the ancient dragon gods that created this world to the rise and fall of various races and civilizations. This land has history that stretches far into times long forgotten. Our heroes find themselves on a journey that will take them to the busy city of gnomes, the gilded halls of the high elves, and to the deepest depths of the Underdark. Then in the Farwind Saga, you'll travel with our group of anti-heroes for their suspense-filled exploits as they explore the enigmatic continent of Farwind. This is an ancient land lost to the histories of Faerun, where mystery and danger shroud the deep forest, forbidden mountains, and dark mires. Yet every risk offers tantalizing rewards to those brave enough to take them. 
Will these parties gain the advantage on their next encounter? Find out every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you then. Oh, well, uh, that's another weird one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a little bit more up my speed. Kind of seems a little bit uh, dated for, for this uh, period we live in, kind of, you know, back in the old days and stuff, stuff my grandparents used to tell me about. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was that was quite nice. Um, still, uh, don't know where this is going, but, but yeah, like, so I, I go around to the next door and I... I open it up and that one I just walk right in. All right, so this time you walk into the you walk into the um, door and you immediately find yourself at the base of a window and you look around to take stock and you realize that you're back in the window upstairs from the speakeasy. Donnie's massive pale form holding Tristan's limp form in his hands. Donnie's bat-like maw drooling and foaming. Black ichor seeping from the wounds on the terrible creature's neck, torso, and wings, raising Tristan above his head. Donnie used one claw to slice open the greenhorn's neck. Just a small flap of skin held Tristan's head to his neck as his lifeblood poured into Donnie's mouth. The wounds on Donnie began to knit themselves back together. The nightmare creature casually threw Tristan's body towards the window. The corpse cracked against the house as Donnie's muscles flexed, and his wings took him off into the night sky. Oh god, Tristan. Uh, don't worry. Um, Tom's, Tom's gonna come and and help. He'll, He'll be able to heal you. Uh, just, just stick with me, man. Oh god. Are you staring over the, um, over the windowsill then? Yeah. I'm, I'm staring at his body. Okay, so, as you're as you're staring over the windowsill, you're looking around frantically to see if you can gather where Tom is at, and you notice that Tristan's limbs begin to move ever so slightly, just twitching a little bit. And you look away again, still calling for Tom, and a hand reaches up onto the windowsill. Tom! As Tristan's broken form begins to crawl into Tom! the kitchen in a grotesque claymation-like locomotion. I start kind of backing up a little bit while still staring right at him. His head is hanging off by that small flap of skin, just dangling in a in just a horrible fashion, bouncing in between his arms as he crawls on all fours towards you. You could hear the cracks of bones as they grind up against their broken counterparts, and his head oh, just, twists up. Just, just stay right there, uh, Tristan. It, Tom's gonna come. I, I don't want you to hurt yourself anymore. Tom, come on, Tom. Tristan's face and eyes narrow at you for a second, and you hear in Tristan's voice, "This is all, all your fault, 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 fault." No, no, no. It, 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 I couldn't help it. Like you, know, he. He had done the, the thing. I couldn't. It's, it's not my fault, man. It's, it's not my fault, Tristan. Oh, God. And you're back in the hallway. The headache's really, really bad right now. I, I close my eyes, like, really hard and, you know, just keep on rubbing my temples. And I'm, like, you know, breathing erratically. My heart's pounding. I, I, I probably stop for about, like, five minutes and just sort of, like, lean on the wall and, and even kind of slide down it and kind of collapse on the floor. For a little bit just leaning against the wall there you're leaning against the wall for a second you collapse onto the floor 
and the mist begins to swirl around you even more intensely than before. You start to hear... Oh. Tani. You know in your heart that you were mine. Yeah. You know why you lost time. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie. Yeah. You're right. Uh, you know, I had this feeling like, like, man, if things were different, we could have been like, you know, really close, you and I. You know, like, it didn't have to be the way it was. Like, you know, as the other guys, they just kind of got in the way. And, and, like, yeah, man, you know, we we got each other. We got each other's back, right? We will know soon enough, folks. We can still... We will know soon enough. Yeah, man, soon enough. We'll, we'll know just like old times, right? The mist begins to uh, dissipate a little bit. You can... You can see your hand in front of your face again, whereas for a moment there, it was just that blood-red mist filling your eyes while you spoke to Donnie for a minute. Oh, what was that? Oh, man. Um, I gotta get out of here. This is, this is getting to be, getting to be a bit much. Um, I, I get back, back up and, and I just start, um, I quickly go to the, to the next door and I'm just, like, gonna try to try as many doors as as quickly as I can. I, I feel it's like my only way to, to sort of get out of here. So you're just going to push them over and keep pu- push them open and keep running? No, I'm, I'm going to like charge into each one and, and try to get at like what's actually happening here. Okay, so you charge into the next door and it breaks open for you rather easily. And you enter into, this time, you enter into a room that has no furnitures, no furniture and no windows and just the concrete walls like before. But it begins to morph. The door swings open. A brisk ocean breeze blows as you exit your cottage on the shores of Isle Buffia. A man, a man you know well. He stands upon the rocks, waves crashing foam upon his rippling muscles. A familiar and arousing sight. But something is wrong. You see he wields the great corn dog club, and it is wetted with battle ketchup. He turns, his face splattered with savory delight, and speaks to you. Ah, my love, did you see on the far shores a new beginning? They say a turn-up podcast has recorded and will soon release upon the land. It is a shame, our old enemy, Eldritch Dream, from the land of Twitter. He has sent his horrible weekly monsters against us. I have been wounded mortally, but saved you the pain of a terrible combat. The surf rushes against him as he falls to his knees. The sky turns dark, the light of life leaves his eyes as delectable tomato sauce pulls from his iron abs. What in the hell was that? I mean, like, fucking... Was that a a corndog greatsword? Like, what in the fuck? I mean, like, weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I really gotta... I gotta get out of this place. Um... I unholster uh, Samantha, my rifle, and um, 
I, I run up to the next door, like across the hall. I just kick it the fuck in and run in with my gun out. All right, and this this is another um, empty concrete room. This time, however, a recording does start to play in the background. Hey there, listeners. I'm Brian. No, not that Brian. I'm the Brian of Action Forge, an informative tabletop RPG YouTube channel. The best way you can tell us apart is that I'm the Brian that knows how D&D works. And that's why I'm here, to teach this podcast Brian and you about the finer points of Dungeons and & Dragons and all your favorite RPGs. Whether we're building Harry Potter characters in Pathfinder, diving into the anthropology of the deck of many things, or something as simple as the concept of shared world creation, I'm here to help. Not by holding your hand and telling you how to play, but by helping you think about how you want to play. So, after we see what brand of trouble the boys managed to get into this time, come over to actionforge.net, look me up out in social media land, or maybe head straight to YouTube and check out a few videos. Until next time, that's game. No, really, they're about to start playing again. The ad's over, you can start paying attention now. After it finishes playing, I shoot the recorder, and I say what the hell is a youtube and you appear back in the hallway i love that <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, all right playtime's over and i i just like kick in uh two of the doors and i just like run into the first one okay so this time when you run into the door this time you end up in in another hallway um this one is similar to uh, the hallway that you were in, except for at the end, there is a doorway that is neither on your left nor on your right. It is straight in front of you. And so like, there are still the doorways uh, lining the hallway on either side of you as you run down, but there is, there is a door in a different position than any of the other uh, doors that you've gone through or kicked open so far today. Bingo. And I uh, run as fast to that one as I, I can and uh, kick it in and run through it. You kick it in and you run through and this, wherever you are, it is on fire. Everything is on fire. Um, why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check? Uh, 15. You realize that you're in the FIA. You would guess that you're, um, you would, or not even guess, you know for a fact that you're not far from the linguistics department. A bunch of, uh, a bunch of the desks for, uh, your, your brown coats are right all along this area, but they've been flipped over and strewn about. You can see the bodies of all sorts of brown coats strewn about the place, just ripped and torn limb from limb. And as you you're scanning the uh, as you're scanning the uh, the scene, you can see that there is a familiar face lying on the ground, uh, her form broken and battered, just like the rest of them. And you recognize that to be Patty Jonas. Oh no, Patty! You only have you only have a split second to uh, to notice that and say anything about it before you realize that someone else you know that is actually still alive is also in this room. Minister Kane looks over at you and says, Agent Smolder, I am in need of dire assistance. And you notice that he is, he is currently got a palm on either side of Donnie's jaws, and he's trying to prevent this terrible maw from clamping down on his face. For the time being, he's managing to keep Donnie, Donnie's uh, maw away from him, but it doesn't look like he's going to last too much longer as Donnie is slowly overpowering him. 
the drool from his bat-like face currently starting to spindle down onto uh, Minister Kane's face. I, I have my gun up towards him, and I'm like, um, Donnie, you gotta let you gotta let the minister go. Like, you know, yet again, we're at odds with with some shit. We need to work through. Let him go, Donnie. And I, I pull back the the hammer to to Samantha and um, put him in my sights. Donnie looks at you and his face screws up in what you could best describe as a smile, but his bat-like snout, it's its hard to tell exactly what facial expression that he's going for, but a smile would seem to be the closest to it. And Donnie immediately lashes out with one of his clawed hands and slashes the throat of Minister Kane sending a shower of gore across the wall directly behind them. And um, after seeing this, uh, would I be able to tell that Minister Kane is is dead from that? Like, pretty much beyond? Oh, yeah, you're you're 100% positive that there is nothing you can do for Minister Kane at this moment. (sighs) Sorry, Donnie. I gotta do this. I should have done it the first time. Fireball. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, well, first... Yeah, that would be that would be no save. So, because I, I rolled a three. Yeah, he. Yeah. Oh, no save. Okay. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, uh, that's um, thirty-two times two, so sixty-two damage to that motherfucker. All right. You you level Samantha, and you can see the glow of red start to emanate from the rifle, and it launches out this small bead of fire that starts to grow slowly as it wafts its way quickly towards uh, towards Donnie's form. And it grows and grows larger and larger until it finally erupts into a giant burst of flame around Donnie's form. But as the flames die down, Donnie emerges, a little scorched and definitely worse for the wear, but still staring at you, still marching towards you. Well, first, uh, I guess I should have said I pulled out Natasha for that one because that's my rifle. But uh, either way, like now that that didn't stop him, I'm, uh, I will. Um, <laughs> oh, that's not gonna work. Uh... While you're standing there trying to think of what you're going to do, the elevator door opens nearby to where Donnie is standing and you see the mustachioed figure of Captain Garan appear. He's got a large rifle um, propped up to his shoulders and he yells out, Fuck! You need to get the fuck out of here as soon as possible! No! Seriously! Get out of here now! And he immediately starts blasting at Donnie with this rifle. Large eruptions of blue light begin to fill the scene. It almost looks as though a strobe light is going off in the background, the way that uh, the way that Donnie seems to be moving in slow motion, and Captain Garan is also moving in slow motion in between these flashes of bright blue light. What is the, like, would I know the, the best place to try to retreat out of here? Yeah, you um, you would just turn around and head uh, towards the stairwell that would take you down to the barn. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. And uh, to do it quicker, I'm going to cast uh, Expeditious Retreat, which um, gives me my, my normal dash action, but then also as a bonus action, I can uh, dash again. And uh, I can do that each round for 10 minutes. So you start making your way out of this building incredibly quickly. 
you you can still hear the sounds of battle going off in uh, in the background as you're making your way down the stairwell. And as you start to huff and puff more and realizations start to hit your brain, your eyes open. <sighs> Donnie. And you're back in your oh, own apartment. Holy, holy shit, Donnie. Covered in Fucking sweat. Uh, Garan. It's late. Fuck. That's my name. Tom. Um, fucking Patty. God damn it. Holy shit. Um, I look down to, to my hands for, for one real quick to, to make sure they look the same. You appear to be an adult. Um, you remember you remember in the morning you're supposed to go and meet with Calvin Ridley. He's supposed to be giving you some magic items to help you on on your case that you have in this western frontier town called Fillmore's Crossing. Oh, man. Um, would I know what time it is? You uh, look over at the clock that's on your nightstand, and it's like 2.30 in the morning. Well, uh, definitely not getting back to sleep. Um, I-, I get up, and I just uh, walk over to my, my workbench and uh, just get out some of the, the tools I use for reloading uh, ammo car- cartridges and um, just start reloading. My hands are, are shaking as, I, as they're as I'm doing it. You're reloading cartridges for 15, maybe 20 minutes, and you just get this really creepy feeling that trails up your spine for a second, and you feel as though somebody might be watching you. I kind of pause for a second while I'm like just about to pick up another brass casing and put it in the press. Agent Smolders. The lines will only get blurrier from here. I, my hand still, like, really trembling now. I just keep on looking forward at what I'm doing. And then I place the brass casing into the press. And then I reach up and pull the lever down. so much for joining us for another Farport story. Now, every single one of those um, people that weren't either Chris or I are friends of the show, and you should really think about going and checking them out. They're all great people. Um, I want to I wanna specifically thank Don Buley from Hexgrid Heroes. I want to thank Cassie, um, whose last name I don't actually know, but from Party Advantage. Um, I want to thank Sean whose last name I do know, but don't know how to pronounce, from uh, an Eldritch Dreams Games, um, also the Eterna podcast, which should be dropping sometime in the next couple weeks, so be on the lookout for that. And then last, but certainly not least, I would like to thank Action Forge and Brian Rafe for uh, making that lovely commercial um, for us. And so, yeah, if you, uh, if you enjoy this and and all of the stuff that we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at D&D LCP. 
follow Chris at Chris Riley LCP. Perfect. Or me at Ida Grab Your Gun or any of our other uh, lovely play members, Manly Brian or Wide Wide West. Um, I hope that uh, the rest of your day is enjoyable. Bye.